right, hopefully you all have um, had a chance to get to know someone a little bit better today. I want to apologize for the cold air conditioning in here. Um, uh, they're working on fixing it, but I see that they haven't completed that yet. So um, hopefully you're not too cold in, in uh, sitting there today. So today is part three of the series that I've been doing on what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a Christian? And the very first sermon I talked about, what does it mean to be a Christian? And I talked about how being a Christian is, um, it's, it's not just about being a church member, but it's about being a disciple, being a follower of Jesus, being someone who answers the call to come and see Jesus for themselves, makes a decision to follow Jesus, and then also shares Jesus with others by making disciples of others. So we talked about how that's what it means to be a Christian, someone who submits him or herself under the authority of Jesus as the teacher, as, as the Lord, um, and then being willing to, to follow him and let him um, be the priority of our lives. And then last week, I talked about how, okay, well, what does that look like lived out in the day-to-day? And I shared Matthew's, Matthew chapters 5 through 7, which kind of is um, a really good blueprint of what it means to be a Christian. So if you ever kind of wonder, what does it mean to be a Christian? How do I live it out kind of on a daily practical level? Matthew 5 to 7 is your go-to guide. And I talked about how, you know, Jesus uh, very publicly and very openly said, hey, you have to make me number one in your life. I have to be the utmost priority in your life, more than family, more than work, more than friends, number one. And we talked about how the reason why Jesus asked for so much is because only when we are able to give him complete control can he completely change us. Only when we give him that, our entire lives, our entire hearts, can he actually take what we give him and do something amazing, right? And how only when we give him our complete surrender can he actually completely change the world. Otherwise, this world will continue to have suffering and sin and selfishness and injustice and death because unless he has people willing to, to let him use us as instruments of peace and righteousness and justice and goodness and kindness... There's always going to be that tension. And so today is part three, and I want to talk about, you know, one of the benefits of being a disciple. We talked last week about how, yes, it costs a lot to be a disciple, but the rewards are so much greater. The reward of having purpose and peace, of having eternal life, but also community. Community is one of the costs, but also the benefits of discipleship. Whoopsie. Uh, Let me go back one. No, back one. There we go. Um, community. Membership in a community has, uh, has its you know, kind of terms and conditions as with any membership, but it has a wonderful benefit and reward, especially with this crazy bunch here. Um, it's, it's, it's a wild ride. And last week, we, we were able to welcome into fellowship um, and membership these new individuals, which we're very excited um, about. And, you know, Adam, Andy, Cameron, Karina, and Maxine, they got their membership certificates, and that means that from now on, if they move to anywhere in the world, which I would not want them to, but if they ever did, and they, and they stepped foot into a local Adventist church, that they would be able to say, can you transfer my membership from Melbourne City Adventist Church to wherever it is, and they would have membership there. Um, in fact, pretty much anywhere you go in the world, you'll be able to find a local Adventist church in most places, because... Um, our church, the Seventh-day Adventist Church, there are 20, over 20 million Adventists. 
with over 160,000 congregations that worship on a Saturday in 170 countries in 926 languages. So the chances are, most places you go, you can probably Google and find something, something nearby. Sometimes, you know, and, and I'm guilty of this as well, sometimes we move to a new place and we don't bother transferring our membership and we kind of really don't see the significance of it. But I want to share with you today why membership matters, why even membership transfers matter. But let's talk about it from a biblical perspective, you know, because sometimes we think membership is just an organizational, outdated, you know, formal thing. Why does it matter? Why does membership matter? The idea actually comes from a passage, from, from many ideas in the Bible, but here's one of the passages. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to, and onwards, and you can follow along. I'll grab my... So if you want to follow along in your World Changers Bibles, it's page 924. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to read from verses 12 on, onwards, but I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version um, on the screen for you here. Paul was one of the first Christian missionaries in the first century living in the Roman Empire. And he wrote to the church in the city of Corinth. Um, and he wrote, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact the body is not one member, but many. And he goes on to say, but now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one members, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And one eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And in verse 26, And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, then gift of healing, helps, administration, and the variety of tongues, which is the ability to, to uh, interpret and understand um, and speak different languages. And so Paul is saying that we are all members of the body. And I don't know about you, but... You know, a few weeks ago while Roy was in New Zealand, I sprained my toe. Do you remember that? I came with like my my flip flops, um, and you know, it's just it's just a small toe. It's it's it wasn't it broken. It was just sprained. But because I sprained my toe, all of a sudden, um, I, the next the very next day was Father's Day, and I took the boys to the play center, and Josh and I went down the slide like you know, super easy, and I was like, all right, I'm coming. And I went down, and I'm a lot heavier than Joshua, and the gravity. Just, anyway, let's just say that I was going down really fast, and I couldn't brace myself to, to stop because of my toe, because my toe hurt. Like, I was like, ooh, I can't, like, stop myself. And next thing I knew, I had tumbled over and completely um, hurt my shoulder and skin. And, and, like, I was, like, bleeding from my elbow, and I was like, great. So now I have a sprained toe, and, and also my um, elbow and shoulder was hurt, and Anyway, I was like telling Roy uh, on the phone, I was like, I hope you, you find me whole when you come back. I'm like losing pieces of me. But um, it's amazing how just a small member of our body can make a big difference. Because every muscle, every bone, every joint, every nerve, right? Everything has a part to play in making the body healthy, in making the body grow and function the way that it's supposed to. 
And so Paul uses this analogy of members of a body, right? To say everybody has a function. Every piece has a role to play, and it makes a difference. Here's another passage that he wrote to a church in Rome. He said, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is encouraging others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. This is my favorite list, right? Because sometimes we think, oh, you know, you have to be up front, you have to give Bible studies. Being kind is, is such a wonderful gift, actually, that not everybody has, you know? Even if everybody's nice, not everybody's kind, right? You know, there are some people who are just warm and they just, you know, you talk with them and you just feel like you're accepted. That's a spiritual gift. That's a special thing. So membership empowers function, okay? So being a member of a church allows you to play out your unique contribution to that local body. And in fact, if you were to move away to a different church, you might have a different role there than you would at this church. Because notice how the Bible says that God gives the gifts to the church, to the body. So in other words, God is looking at the whole body and saying, okay, well, there's a gap here. So when this person moves in, that person's going to fit that gap, and I'm going to empower that person and give them a new spiritual gift to be able to fit that role. For example, Ben, you know, he, he's, he's, he's a teacher. He's not a tech guy, but guess what? We had that gap, and he was willing to fulfill it, and he's an, he does an amazing job. And I'm sure that's not, you know, what he would like to do, but that's what he has been doing because that's a gap in our church that he is filling. And we're really grateful to Ben and Caroline for doing that for us. And so membership empowers function and gives us uh, that opportunity to use our, our spiritual gifts, whatever they may be. And it may be something that's not on the list before, but whatever your unique contribution can be to that local body, um, it empowers that function. Membership also empowers mission. Membership empowers uh, and enables mission. Because what happens is that each one of us has a unique story. Each one of us has a unique personality, right? Each one of us has friends that are not connected to anyone else. And so each of our stories and our personalities and, and our connections is a picture. And when we put all the pictures together, we create a more fuller picture of God. Let's see if I can make this work. Ah, hold on. If I hold it. Nah, okay. I, I thought I could zoom in. But like each, you know, it's amazing. I love this picture because each one of those pictures is an individual picture, but together they show a picture of Jesus, right? And it's the same way. Each one of us, introverts, extroverts, thinkers, feelers, right? All of us together create a fuller picture of Jesus, I love how when God created, he says that he made men and women in his image, right? And we need both men and women to, to give us an image of God. We need all of us to, to present the image of God, the picture of Jesus to the world. Here's how Paul, uh, writing to the church at Ephesus, describes it. He says, these are the gifts Christ gave the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. 
This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ, the picture of Christ, the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies, so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Jesus is the head of the body. Jesus is the head of the church, not the pastors, right? Pastors um, and, and the leaders are all pieces of the puzzle, but Jesus is the head of the church. And together, all of us doing our own part, equipping and helping each other create that fuller picture of God. Have you ever done a puzzle only to discover there's like a missing piece, right? And it's like, ah, then you can't complete it because of that missing piece. And, you know, you, the piece that's missing might not be that significant, but without it, it's not a complete picture. In the same way, when, when, when you know, one of us is missing, right? It, it makes a difference. And all of a sudden, going back to the body part analogy, like my toe, when one part is injured, it puts stress on all the other parts of the body, right? And that's how you end up with pulled muscles and stress fractures and when, when, when you're not able to, to spread the load evenly. And so sometimes it requires you to come out of your comfort zone. Sometimes it requires you to, yeah, make a commitment in order to um, help the body, the local church, grow and be that picture of Jesus to the world. Membership also provides accountability. You know, accountability sounds scary if we misunderstand it as judgment, okay? If we think of accountability as, oh, I'm going to be judged, um, then yeah, that's not, that's not a nice word. But church accountability is about support. It's about being there for each other. It's about praying with each other when we're going through difficult times. It's about being able to ask, are you okay? You know, September is National Suicide Prevention Month. It's a time to share resources and, and shed light on a very stigmatized topic, right? And just a few weeks ago, a very prominent pastor in the U.S. Uh, died by suicide. And it kind of sparked a lot of conversations about how being a Christian does not make you immune to mental illness, okay? It, it is... Um, you, you can have faith in God but still struggle um, with, with the realities of, of life and of mental illnesses due to, um, you know, genetic predisposition and life circumstances and all that. And Christian accountability is, is giving each other permission to draw close and say, are you okay? It's giving us the opportunity to be raw and real and vulnerable with each other, to say, I'm here for you. Tell me what's going on. Let me pray for you. That's what Christian accountability is. It's providing support for each other and saying that you have my permission to be in my life and to care about me. And I am going to care about you and be there for you. This is how Mark Dever in his book, Nine Marks of a Healthy Church, uh, describes church membership. He says, church membership is our opportunity to grasp hold of each other, responsibility and love. By identifying ourselves with a particular church, we let the pastors and other members of that church, local church know that we intend to be committed in attendance, um, giving, prayer, and service. We allow fellow believers to have great expectations of us in these areas, and we make it known that we are the responsibility of this local church. We assure the church of our commitment to Christ in serving with them 
and we call for their commitment to serve and encourage as well. So membership enables function, it empowers the mission of the church to share Jesus with others, to give a fuller picture. It gives us that accountability and that support that we need, but it also helps us to grow spiritually. When you are a member of a church, it's very different from being a member of anything else because you could be a member of your footy you know, club and you really have that thing in common and, and you don't really necessarily interact in any other way. Or you could be a member of Costco, right? And you go in, you do your shopping, you walk out. But when you're a member of a church, all of a sudden you are put into a community with people who don't have anything in common with you except for the fact that you're at church together, except for the fact that you serve Jesus together. And what that makes us do is it makes us learn to love each other like we don't do in any other place. Not just tolerate the other person, right? But to actually love them. Because I look around this room and I see a diversity of of age, of, of ethnic backgrounds, of life experiences, of, um, I'm sure, political opinions, right? We're, we are a diverse group. But what brings us together is our love for Jesus, our commitment to, to get to know him and to follow him, but also our commitment to each other, that we're going to love each other, despite our differences, right? To be able to appreciate each other, and to be a community, to be a family. That's really what it means to be part of a church. John, uh, Jesus said this in the book of John. He said, Now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. You know, we love to kind of share and prove you know, Jesus' historicity in the Bible. You know, we say, oh, you know, look at all these facts and figures about how Jesus is real, and these, these are all the reasons why um, the early Christians um, believe that Jesus was resurrected, and here's the case for Christ, and we love proving, you know, ourselves right as Christians sometimes, right? And, you know, we look at National Geographic, look, you know, we live longer in Christian community, you know, we love all that research, and that, that's great. But do you know, Jesus is saying, they will know you're Christians, not by the facts and figures, not by the research, but by the love you have for each other. If you guys are fighting and you can't get along and you're having abuse, what in the world would make the outside world want to join? <laughs> right? But when you have love for each other, then people on the outside look at that and say, man, I wish I had that in my life. I wish I had a group of people who loved each other and were there for each other, who supported each other. I remember when we had our baby dedication for one of our kids, Michael or Josh, I forget which, but you know, we, we invited our friends who are not Christian, and they came, and, I, and, and they said to us, we understand now why you, you belong to a church. We understand, because they said they're, they're not from around here, and, and their family's not from here, and they, you know, they have friends, but they saw the community that we have here, right? The, the way that we're like family celebrating the, the, the dedication. And they just said, wow, we see now what you have. It's a beautiful thing, right? The love that we have for each other is going to prove to the world that we are followers of Jesus. It's a tall challenge. But if we actually uh, fulfill that, then we don't have to try so hard to reach out because they'll want to come in. When Jesus spoke 
in the book of Revelation, he spoke to churches and not just individuals. He, when he, when he uh, works with people, yes, he works with individuals, but he works through a, a group. For example, in the Old Testament, he worked with a group called the Israelites. And in the New Testament, he works through churches. So in the book of Revelation, he speaks to churches. And he has unique message for each church based on their context, based on their needs, based on their circumstances. And if you have a moment, I invite you to look through Revelation chapters 1 through 3 to look at seven different churches and how God uh, talks to each one. And I wonder, what would Jesus say to our church, right? If there was Revelation, you know, chapter 3b inserted into there with, with an angel, um, with God speaking to the angel of the church of Melbourne City Avenue Church, what would God's message be? What would he be proud of? And what would he challenge us to do differently? What would he say is our potential? And what would he see as uh, our role and our mission here in Melbourne City? In a few weeks, we're going to be exploring and discussing these questions together. But I would invite you to pray and think about this on your own um, in the next few weeks before we come together as a group and talk about this. What does it mean for us to be a local church body here in Melbourne City? And how can we show Jesus to the world? I want to challenge you to think about committing more to this church. Whether it's through consistent attendance. Um, you know, I understand. I get it. It's hard to get up in the morning. And sometimes you're away. Sometimes you're sick. Sometimes there's people um, visiting and, and you going to visit people. I totally understand that. But when you can, and you have the option, and you're able, I want to encourage you to come to church, right? Because you might not think it matters, but it does. It does because you are that missing piece in the puzzle, right? You might be that person who is able to talk to that visitor that day, that can connect to that visitor like no one else can. You might be the person that is able to smile and say hello to someone who really needs an encouraging word that day. Or you might just be, you know, that person who, who gives me really good eye contact, which really makes me feel like I'm talking to, the, you know, people who are awake. And, you know, like it makes a difference. You all are. I'm just saying. I'm just saying everyone has a role to play and you make a difference by being here. I also want to challenge you if you're um, already not involved in a ministry role and or you want to help out more. We need help with setup and cleanup. If you're a morning person, come and help us with setup. <laughs> I know, for, the, for example, this morning, I think Ben and Caroline came. I think, they wake up at like 7 o'clock, and they come here, and they set things up. And James and Kim and um, Deanna and Alex and Mervyn and Scarlett, there are other people who help out as well. But we need more. And if ideally, if we had teams, then they can have a Sabbath where they can sleep in a little bit more, right? So we can have rosters. So we need help with setting up. If you're not a morning person, then come help us clean up at the end of church service, at the end of lunch, you know. Um, we're like vacuuming and trying to, you know, pack up everything and um, more hands make lighter work. And so if you can help us with that, that would be fantastic. And there's other ministries as well in the church, but these are kind of our most kind of pressing, <laughs> pressing needs at the moment. But also um, help us to fulfill our mission, which if you have a bulletin today, Every week in our bulletin, our, our vision and our mission is, is, is beautifully put here by Diana. Um, she makes the bulletins. And it says, loving God, loving others, exploring a Christ-centered worldview. 
Okay, that's our mission. That's that's what our church is trying to do. But it's not just here on a Saturday morning at 500 Collins Street. This we're trying to create that that safe place where people can explore Christ's central worldview and where they can feel the love of God and, and, and our love anywhere we are. Wherever two or three of us are gathered, that's church. And that's where we are trying to 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 um to fulfill this mission. So for example, we have uh, four small groups that need your support, right? Um, Sam and Michael lead the one in Coburg. Emma and Kieran lead the one in the city. Galen and Janelle lead the one in Box Hill um, in, these, in the southeast kind of area. And Roy and I lead the one that meets um, Wednesday at lunchtimes here in the city. And we all need your support, right? Whether it's through attendance, whether it's help with the food, or whether it's just helping to organize, get people to, to come along, we need your support. Or maybe you can't get to a small group, but how about starting your own Bible reading group? This is something that new that we're, we're trying to help um, start this year and next year. Um, basically, it's very simple. You, if you are uh, willing to start it, we're, we're going to get you a copy of um, a World Changers Bible, the new edition that's, that's uh, smaller and more compa- compact. And along with it comes a little booklet that has different discussion questions for various um, parts of the Bible. And the idea of a Bible reading group is very simple. You don't have to have food. You don't have to you know, do a whole lot of hoopla. All you do is you read, you read through a book of the Bible together. And we recommend that you start with the book of Mark. If it's um, people that maybe are new to Christianity. And you just read for maybe half an hour. Um, you just read through the, through the passage, starting with Mark chapter 1. And you read as much as um, you would like. You can pick just a few verses or the whole chapter. You read through it, and then there's some questions that you discuss together. The questions are in the little booklet we'll give you. And you discuss it with the few people that you have, and that's it. And you meet again. You're reading through the, the Bible together, learning from the Bible directly what Jesus has to share. Um, so we're, we're starting a few. Maxine is starting one in Parkville, right? Um, Shane's starting one in his workplace. And so there's a few places that, you know, whether it's in your home, your workplace, um, your family, your uni, okay, wherever you want to start it with one or two people. It doesn't have to be big. And you just say, hey, do you want to read through the Bible together? And you can meet weekly or fortnightly or once a month. It's up to you. But the idea is that you can share Jesus with those around you. By starting, um, by starting with these Bible reading groups. Or maybe you would like to be Jesus' hands and feet for those in need. Every Friday night and Saturday night, there is homeless ministry in the Queen Victoria markets. Um, and various groups um, are there with food or laundry services. Um, ADRA is there. Um, we, because of our small groups um, commitments and so forth, we just go on the fourth Friday of each month, sometimes um, it switches to Saturday, but the idea is um, that we go and when we're doing something to help those in need. And you know, in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus talks about how in the final judgment, he separates his followers into two groups. And he says, hey, here's on the right-hand side, those who fed me when I was hungry, who clothed me when I was naked, who visited me in prison, who visited me when I was sick. And the people say, we never saw you hungry, Jesus. We never saw you in prison. And Jesus says, whatever you did to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did it for me. And he turns to the other group and says, hey, you never visited me. You never helped me. And they said, Jesus, you, we never, we didn't know you needed that. You know, you, you were never, I, we never saw you sick and hungry. And Jesus says, whatever you didn't do for my brothers and sisters, you didn't do for me. Right? 
And so for me, that's also real Christianity at work, being able to help those in need. And, and thank you all for helping for the backpack beds. Um, we were able to get a lot of backpack beds for the homeless. And I know that some of you come out to the Queen Victoria markets to help. One thing that we've, we've observed over the um, years of helping is that sometimes we feel awkward because there's like many volunteers and, you know, we don't really know what to do. Um, so Roy and I have been talking, and, and I know Shandin as well because he helps out quite regularly with his family. We've been talking about how can we make this ministry more meaningful and how can we be more useful instead of just kind of standing around awkwardly. And something that we've been talking about is, hey, what if what if we provided a service that, that the others aren't doing because they're doing food and laundry services? What if we can, for example, in October, if every one of us donated one pair of socks, right? If everybody... Then we would have we have an average fifty people attending. They would have fifty pairs of new socks. Then in the in the month of October we can hand those out to the homeless. And then November it could be, you know, toiletries. December it could be Christmas presents, but whatever it is, right? If you would like to help be part of that group that comes up with these ideas and kind of thinks through how can we better how can we as our church um, contribute uniquely to that ministry and how can we be of service? Um, talk to Roy um, and we can form a little group to, to brainstorm and, and, and make the most of that ministry. These are just some ways that we can be more involved, that we can be that body of Christ, that we can minister to those um, around us in our community. You know, we live in a culture that shies away from commitment because our consumerist culture says, get the best deal, right? Shop around, date around, do whatever you can to take, take, take without having to give back. Right? without having to show loyalty, without having to sacrifice. And I am one of those, right? Aldi, Kohl's, Woolies, local, wherever has the best deal, right? That's how I'm going to go. And, and that's okay. I'm just saying that's what we're set up. That's, that's kind of the norm. So when it comes to the church, it's so countercultural because, again, the, the temptation is to, oh, here's the best program there, or there's the best music, or there's the best preacher, or, you know, and kind of take pieces and go. But actually... The biblical model of church membership is to commit to one local church body. And rather than thinking about what you can take to actually give, to think about the needs of that local church and to be able to be that missing piece that contributes to what is needed. And that's what we witnessed last week at baptism when, when these five individuals said yes to being a part of this community. And, and, and they made a promise not only to us, but we made a promise to them to support them in their spiritual journey. By joining a local church and becoming a member, you are saying, I'm here, these are my people, and I belong to them. You're, you're picking your squad, right? And you're saying, here I am to be a part of this family. Last week, when I talked about the cost, of, uh, cost and reward of discipleship, I shared that the more we give to God, the more he's able to do for us. Not because it's a reward system of, oh, I've given God 90% and now he has to give me more, but because whatever we give him enables him, gives him permission to then work in those areas, right? Otherwise, he's not going to force himself on us because he's a God who respects free will. And, you know, I talked about how gym membership, how I paid for a whole year of gym membership and I went once. What a waste, right? What a waste. And so if you want the most out of your gym membership, you have to go. And it's the same thing with church membership, right? The more you give into it, the more you attend, the more you will get out of the church experience. If you're not enjoying church, come more often is the, actually the answer. Get more involved because you will find it more meaningful, right? You'll get more out of it when you get more involved. 
This is uh, the final exhortation that Paul left with the, with the Hebrews um, in, in chapter 10, verses 23-25. He says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. You know, when he wrote this in the first century, Christians were persecuted for following Jesus. So in order to meet, they had to like, you know, secretly like sneak through the streets and do the secret knock on the door, right? Um, do a little secret drawing of the fish on the ground. They had to do all these things to make sure that they weren't going to be tricked into getting imprisoned. And so it took a lot of effort for them to meet. And so I can understand why some of them didn't want to, right? But Paul says, hey, let's not neglect meeting together. Let's come together to encourage each other, to worship together, right? Especially because Jesus is coming soon. And so today in 2019 in Melbourne, I know there are so many distractions and there's so many demands on our time and attention. But let's not neglect meeting together. Let's come together to encourage each other, to work together, to fulfill God's mission, to be his hands and feet in this city, and to show others that God is real and that he actually can transform a group of crazy people like us into a church community that can glorify him. And I pray that as a result of your renewed membership in our church community, that you can find purpose and belonging and love here. And if you have any questions about how to become a member, come talk to Roy or myself. Um, And if you are just visiting us today, I want to encourage you to find a, a, a local church where you can find that sense of purpose and belonging and that unique um, contribution that you can make to that local church body. Um, I believe there's a video. Um, and then, Father God, thank you for this church. Thank you for this community that is my family. And thank you that we have the privilege of serving you with each other. And I pray that you would um, inspire us to greater commitment to you and to each other that we would be there for each other, that we would support each other through the ups and downs, and that, Father, through our love, we can show Melbourne City um, how great you are. I pray that you would help us to um, think of ways that we can better fulfill our mission here in this city, that, Father, we can truly be your body here to represent you and that we can serve you, the head, well. And, Father, I pray that as we go into discussion and and as we um, go throughout this week, that your Holy Spirit would go with us. There are many people, Father, who are suffering, who are going through difficult times um, in our church, and I just pray that you would comfort them, that you would strengthen them, that you would heal them. And for those who are traveling, um, that you would keep them safe and bring them back to us. I pray in your son's name.